Hello everyone, today is September 9th, 2021. My name is Byron Howell and this is the Byron Howell Ministries Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today we are going to continue our discussion on divine healing. And just as a recap, over the past two weeks we have looked at how God wants everyone healed. We have shown you that healing already belongs to you if you are a Christian, and if we we have debunked the most prominent arguments against divine healing. And also, I'll just mention that you know basically our definition of divine healing is working with God to see healing and restoration from any uh, physical ailment in your body, and that can involve doctors. It doesn't have to involve doctors. There's different ways to receive divine healing into your body. But fundamentally, we're just keeping it simple. It's working with God to see healing manifest in your body. So again, we've we've discovered by a, a careful study of the Word of God that healing is God's will all the time, every time, for everyone. And, uh, and there's just no reason that you can't be healed right now of any physical ailment. And that's just wonderful, wonderful news. But today we are going to discuss faith. And we are going to take a very careful, detailed look at faith from the Word of God. I think it's very possible that you'll hear some truths about biblical faith today that you've never heard before. And and not only is is really an understanding of biblical faith a uh, a key revelation to to see divine healing or divine health in your life, it's really a key issue for seeing answered prayer in every in every area of your life. So literally, there's no exaggeration when I say what I'm going to teach you today will change your life. And it's true, you know, many Christian teachings could could change your life, but few teachings can impact every area of your life like the subject of faith. And I, and honestly, this is a sad statement. I don't mean to be negative, but in my opinion, the overwhelming majority of Christians do not understand true biblical faith. Uh, then there's a larger group. This was me for a number of years. I understood biblical faith, but but I didn't really use it correctly or regularly like I should have. And I think there's a lot of reasons why, you know, the, the true understanding of what is biblical faith uh, is not is not preached, you know, commonly, widely. I think it's it, honestly it's kind of difficult to understand. It goes against, you know, the way the natural world works, the way our minds work, you know, in our physical bodies. Um, as you'll see, it's it's a kind of, can be a little bit of a complicated subject, but it's extremely powerful. This is exactly how Jesus operated. This is exactly how Jesus teaches us to operate. And again, I, I tell you that that beginning to live. According to the dictates of biblical faith and the faith system that God has given us, uh, that, that just can, can in, in amazing and wonderful ways take you to a whole new level in your life in every area. But so let's just start, and we need to make this clear. Without faith, it is impossible to receive anything from God. That's James 1, 6 through 7. And that needs to sink in. So let me say it again. Without faith, it is impossible to receive anything from God. All right, so look at that for yourself. We'll look at that verse again later today. But I just want you to quickly understand how important faith is. Faith must be present for you to receive something from God. For you to receive salvation, you must personally have faith that Jesus died and rose again. And in that faith, you declare that Jesus is the Lord of your life. In other areas, such as healing, you can use your faith for another person or another person can use their faith for you. But make no mistake, faith is an integral requirement to receive from God. Furthermore, the lack of faith, true biblical faith, that is, is why many people have failed to receive the healing that already belongs to them as children of God. You know, see, it's one thing to say, okay, if God wants everybody healed, why is there so much sickness and disease in the world? Well, you know, the the biggest answer for that is, well, you, you know, God's will is not automatic. We live in a falling world. The devil is the God of this period of time. That's exactly what the Bible says. In the natural realm sense, the devil is, you know, the, the kingdom of darkness is in control here. So there's sickness and disease everywhere. That should not be surprising. And, and that's really the reason is that God's healing will is not automatic. We have to approach God for divine healing according to the word of God and according to his system. So that's one reason that we don't see, you know, healing everywhere. But, but the reason we don't see healing 
in the church that we should, knowing that people who are sick are praying for healing, knowing that people are praying for their loved ones to be healed. You know, okay, fine. These people are coming to God. Why aren't they being healed? Why don't we, why do we see so much sickness and disease in the church? And I, I can pretty much tell you beyond any doubt, it's because of the absence of the understanding of, of a God's system for divine healing, which we're going to be going through in, in our messages. But also it's a real lack of true biblical faith. And that that's what we're going to hit today. So today I'm going to teach you how to appropriately use biblical faith. And we could describe faith in different ways, but we must recognize that faith is the force that brings God's promises into physical manifestation in your life. Faith is the key to seeing the promises and faith is the key to your healing. Now, it's true. People have written long books on faith, and we don't have time to say all that could be said. But as with all my teachings, I hope to teach you a very complex and important idea in a relatively short amount of time. And this we will do uh, with the Lord's blessing. But from this understanding of faith, we will then see why God works with people different ways. You know, this this kind of helps us understand, okay, we can work with doctors, we can work without doctors, we can go to a healing evangelist and get healed, we can pray and receive healing uh, on our own, right? Once we understand faith, we can really understand how these different methods work. And so that's why, you know, this teaching is really going to bless you. This is kind of something that you can keep with you for the rest of your life. Anytime you or a loved one is ever attacked with sickness and disease again. And so here's where we're going to start. We're going to take a hard look at the words belief and faith. And so for our time together today, just to start, I need you to forget what you know about the words faith and belief. I know you've read them both in the Bible many times. Or, or faith and believe, believe, belief, doesn't matter. Uh, I know you've read them, but I need you to just lay aside what you think you know about those biblical words because we're going to hit it today. We're going to understand them today. And and because I believe that understanding those two words uh, from the Greek, because remember the, the New Testament was written in Greek, translated into English. If we can understand those words, that's going to be our quickest path to truly understanding biblical faith. So in the King James translation of the Bible, that's the kind of the predominant English translation. Obviously, there's a bunch of others, but but King James is important because from the King James, it's easy to look at the Greek and Hebrew origins of the various words in the Bible. So from the King James translation in the New Testament, the word faith appears 245 times. Of those 239 of those times, it is the Greek word pistis, all right? Pistis, pistis. Understanding pistis is the key to true biblical faith. And I need you to replace your old definition of faith with the new understanding of pistis that you're going to give today. And just forgive me for the long linguistics lesson here. You know, I was a Spanish minor. I learned about linguistics, different things. Who knew how that would come in handy one day I was looking, now that I'm looking at Greek and Hebrew stuff. But we need to spend a few minutes in some Greek words. And then and then many of Jesus' teachings on faith, on belief, are going to be open to you like never before. So... The Greek word pistis, which is the word for faith, I'm going to now use them interchangeably, pistis and faith, because that's what we're doing. We're learning about biblical faith, which is pistis. The Greek word pistis means persuasion, conviction, or constancy in the sense that I am constant, I am stable, I am true, because I am convinced, I am persuaded, I am steadfast. And the word pistis, which means persuasion or conviction, comes from the verb patho. Okay. Patho is the verb to convince, to rely by inward certainty, which basically means I'm really convinced at a heart level or to assent to evidence or authority. To put it another way, I, I have heard the truth and now I am convinced. That is the verb patho. Just think of it simply as to convince or to convict. And so I have the verb to convince, which is patho, and now I am convinced, which is pistis. So that's the kind of setup for the words that we're looking at today. 
conviction, persuasion, persuaded, assured, all of that. When you have pistis, when you have true biblical faith, you are fully persuaded, you are completely convinced. When you have pistis about something, when you have faith, true biblical faith about something, you are absolutely sure down to a core level conviction that you would act on, that you would live by, that you would literally guide your very existence by. You are that sure about something. You are that convinced. That is the biblical definition of faith. And before we move on, I want you to consider for a moment your salvation. See, many of you have already operated in pistis before when it comes to your salvation. There is literally nothing that could happen, nothing that anyone could tell you that would shake your belief in your salvation. On the contrary, your pistis, your complete conviction that you're saved, you're born again, you're going to heaven, is the guiding light of your life. You live according to your pistis in Jesus Christ. You have never seen Jesus. You've never seen heaven. You've never seen God. You've never seen, you know, your righteousness. You still don't feel very righteous, even though we should. We don't because of, you know, the bad teachings and the condemnation of the enemy. But even though all those things are true, you still know you are completely convinced that when you die or when Jesus comes back, you are going to heaven. That's the conviction I'm talking about, where even though there's nothing in the natural that tells me I'll be in paradise for eternity uh, at God and, you know, in the banquet room of heaven one day, there's nothing in the natural that says that. But I know beyond the shadow of a doubt, it's true. That's biblical faith. That's pistis. So now, now let's talk about the word believe. Okay, so we've talked about faith. Now we need to talk about believe. The word believe is in the King James translation, New Testament, 124 times. Uh, 114 of those is the Greek word pisteo. Okay, so we have pistis for faith, and now we have pisteo for believe. And pisteo literally means to have pistis. While in the English, we may have the words faith and belief, the Bible is using pistis and pisteo. When we read Jesus talking about someone believing, that person pisteo, that person has faith. So whenever Jesus says, do you believe? Or what do you believe? Something like that. He is actually saying, do you have faith? Where do you have faith? Where is your faith? Oh, you believe? Uh, uh, do you believe now? Do you have faith now? That's what Jesus is literally saying. You see, the point is, is these ideas are completely and totally linked in every single way. Again, literally in the Bible, when you read the word believe, you can go ahead and just exchange have exchange it for have faith. And he's asking not not do you have faith in the modern English sense, but do you have pistis? Remember, he asked uh, somebody that he healed, said, do you believe I'm able to do this? What he was literally saying is, do you have faith that I am able to do this? And see, in the New Testament, when you go through the New Testament and look at uh, the Greek words, all the other words about faith and belief, like unbelief, remember Jesus would say, oh, you have little faith, you are faithful. All of these things for belief and faith, they all revolve around this, this key word, pistis. And the word unbelief, for example, is one of two words in the Greek either apistia or apatho, and they both literally mean without faith. So when Jesus says, you know, you have unbelief, or the guy says, you know, help my unbelief, uh, unbelief there is a lack of faith. So again, and I know, I know this is kind of goofy, this is kind of complicated, but you'll see why this is so important. When Jesus is talking about faith and belief, he's talking about pistis. He's talking about are you fully persuaded? Are you completely convinced? Do you know down to your heart level 
conviction that that what I'm saying to you is true. That when I lay my hands on you, you will be healed. Do you know that you know that you know? That's what Jesus is talking about when he's talking about faith and belief. And in the English language today, and this is why this is so important, we use very different uh, versions of belief and faith. We say, hey, I believe the ball game starts at three o'clock. We, we have faith in a person, you know, meaning we, we strongly believe that, that this person is faithful, that this person is honest or trustworthy. You know, we'll even say, oh, you know, the Christian faith or the Muslim faith or whatever, you know, and all of those things are fine for the English language, but that is not pistis. That is not biblical faith. At best, the English uh, faith and belief would mean, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure or even really sure or I really hope, I have faith, I believe, you know, I really hope. But that is not biblical faith. That is not pistis and they are a long way from I am completely convinced, I'm fully persuaded, this thing that I believe, I am so sure that it's the guiding light of my existence, right? So here's what you see and I think you're getting the picture. We have to go from the modern English definition of faith and belief to the concepts that Jesus was using, where when I believe something from the word of God, I don't just hope, I don't just think so, I don't just really want it to be, but I know that I know that I know that I am fully persuaded that this is so. That is pistis. And when it comes to your Christian life, this is the faith that you need to walk in, in God's promises. When you start from now on, when you're using the words faith and belief, when it comes to your Christianity, when it comes to your relationship with God, when it comes to your prayer time, you need to replace faith and belief with these concepts of pistis and pisteo. Do I believe? Do I have pistis? Am I rock solid in my faith? It's time that we start walking in true biblical faith. And now, so now with, with that underlying understanding of, of these Greek words of true biblical faith, persuaded, convinced, convicted, let's look at some of Jesus' teaching on how faith really works. So remember in the book of Mark, Jesus cursed a fig tree because he went expecting to find fruit and he didn't find it so he cursed a fig tree this is mark eleven twenty one through 24 when they come back peter remembered what jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed look rabbi the fig tree you cursed has withered and died then jesus said to the disciples have faith in god I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. So first, I just wanted to briefly notice that Jesus says, have faith in God. He's talking about faith. This is setting up his teaching on faith. And, of course, the word for faith there is pistis. But, interestingly, the word in, have faith in God, is actually not there in the Greek. So, what Jesus is actually saying is have God's faith or have the faith of God. This is how God operates in faith. This is how God operates in everything. But, honestly, we don't need to get into that right now. We can just focus on the fact that Jesus is now telling us how to use faith. He says, you can tell a mountain to be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. That's how powerful your faith is. Okay. However, you must really believe it will happen. Okay. And obviously believe here is the word again, pisteo, meaning have faith. So Jesus says, you you must have faith that it's actually going to happen. And he says, you must have faith. Pistis, and when you have pistis, that mountain will move. He's teaching us how to use pistis. And 
just notice again the amazingly close connection between pistis and pisteo because that doesn't jump out to you when we see the words faith and belief. That's why we need to replace them with pistis and pisteo. So how do we see mountains move? You say to the mountain, be lifted up and cast into the sea, and you stand in true biblical faith. And if you believe, it's going to happen. And, you know, to put it another way, pistis, this is what Jesus is saying very clearly, pistis is the key to moving any mountain in your life. Pistis is the way or the key to seeing the supernatural power of God operate in your life. You know, lots of Christians have tried to move mountains of many kinds, but they failed because they didn't have pistis. All right. We've prayed for mountains. We've prayed for problems. We've prayed for healing. We've prayed for uh, financial assistance. We've prayed for, you know, restoration with family members. We've prayed for all sorts of mountains that have shown up in our life. But but we haven't seen a move. And the reason is because we didn't have Pistis. We didn't operate in true biblical faith. We weren't convinced that it was done. We weren't convinced that it was done before we saw it done. And so no pistis, that mountain's not going anywhere. Jesus goes on to say, you can pray for anything. And if you believe or have pistis that you have received it, it will be yours. So, so notice, First you pray, then you believe you receive, then it shows up. Now look, I, I you know I don't know who I was listening to this, but if you have been in Word of Faith churches or charismatic churches or um, you know and even a number of different evangelical churches, you may have heard this before. You have to believe you receive, then it shows up. You you've probably heard this, but I need you to accept it and start walking in it today because. Believe you receive is very different from really hope you received. It's or it's different from I really want to receive. It's I believe I have received. So Jesus is describing a temporal issue here. There is a time difference between when we pray and when we see that thing show up in the natural realm and in the gap. Before it shows up in the natural, we have to believe that it's already done. Crazy as that sounds. This is the key to biblical faith. We must believe we receive. We must have faith that it's done. Then, then the thing shows up. You believe it before you can see it. Remember, we walk by faith and not by sight. And let's we, let's just talk about this in some detail because this makes no sense to the natural mind. In the natural world, seeing is believing. We believe what we can see. We have rules and laws based on natural evidence. There is nothing wrong with that when functioning in the natural order, like when you are constructing scientific principles or formulating a medicine or something like that. But when we are working in the realm of the supernatural, when we are trying to bring God's will from the spiritual realm into our natural reality, we need to move beyond physical limitations and the natural way of doing things. You command that mountain to be moved. You have no physical ability. There is no way this is going to happen in the natural. But you command that mountain to be moved. You believe that it's done and then it happens. You haven't seen anything, but you are completely convinced that it's done. Then you, while you're waiting in the, in the space between your declaration or your prayer and the manifestation, the physical revelation of that thing, you keep your mind in faith. You stay in faith and you stay patient. Remember, we talked about patience being, you know, I stay in faith as long as it takes. Then it happens. You don't see it in the natural at first, but you have faith that it's already yours. Then it shows up. That is the key. And if you haven't heard this before, it probably sounds wild. But my friends, this is how it works. This is the master key. This is how Jesus operated. Jesus spoke, stood in faith, and then it manifested. A lack of pistis. This is going to be a strong statement here, but I believe it. 
A lack of pistis or a lack of true biblical faith operating like this is the reason every Christian you know, me included, has experienced prayers that weren't answered. This is the reason people believe that God says no or wait or later sometimes when we pray. Because we've been praying, but we haven't been praying in faith. We haven't been in pistis. We've operated according to natural law that God has answered a prayer when we see the things show up in the natural realm. You know, that's that's how we've done, right? Oh, I got a promotion. God answered my prayer. Or, oh, uh, I, I, uh, the pain went away. God answered my prayer. You see, God did answer your prayer, but he answered it. He didn't just answer it when your answer showed up in the natural. It was answered the moment you prayed. And it was only the physical manifestation came later. You see, we have operated according to natural law that God has answered when we see it show up. But that's wrong. I'm just repeating these ideas. We need to be completely convinced, full of faith, that God answered the prayer because his word said he did. Okay? When I pray, I believe that I received, not because I'm looking in the natural realm and see it show up. I believe that I received because I've prayed according to God's will. And I know the answer is yes every time. We're going to look at a verse on that in a few minutes. But so I know that I have what I prayed for the moment I prayed because I trust God. Because I believe the word of God. Because I know that I'm praying according to the will of God. I stand in faith. I'm completely convinced that it's done. Then it shows up. That's how it works. And my friends, a true revelation of this teaching, which I received when studying these Greek words, is changing my life one prayer at a time. And I'm I'm not joking. I'm not exaggerating. One of the examples I'm giving you a minute ago was from like, or in a minute from now, I mean, this example is from like a week ago. But first, let's look at Hebrews 11, verse 1 in two translations, the New Living and then the Amplified. Hebrews 11, 1 in the New Living. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. All right, that's Hebrews 11 and 1 saying exactly what we've been talking about. Faith is confidence now that it will actually happen. It gives us assurance that something exists even though we can't see it. Look at the Amplified translation. And the Amplified's good here especially because there are some interesting Greek words going on. But listen to this verse in the Amplified. Now, faith is the assurance or the confirmation or the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Isn't it amazing that, I mean, that is an amazing verse. Faith perceives as real fact. You are so convinced, you are so persuaded that you perceive it as real, even though it's not revealed to the senses. Remember, pistis is conviction and persuasion. Biblical faith is being convinced that it's done, it's yours, even when you can't see it. And this verse is quite clear. Faith is the confidence. Faith is the assurance. We have the conviction. We perceive them as real, even though we can't naturally discern them. You see, my friends, hope is not faith. Now, now, actually, in the Greek, hope is more like an absolute confident expectation, like it's going to show up in the natural realm. Hope in English is like, man, I really want it or I really I really would like that it comes. But hope is not biblical faith. Belief is not biblical faith. Really think so is not really faith. No, I am absolutely sure of the reality of something that I cannot physically perceive. And I'm sure of it because I'm standing on God's word that says it's a reality. That's faith. That's biblical faith. That's pistis. And I know this sounds wild. And the first time I ever heard this teaching was 15 years ago when I was driving between Atlanta and Tampa. And honestly, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. 
I listened to that section of the tape at least 10 times, just rewinding and listening again and again. And, you know, somehow, even just driving that night, I can still remember doing this, rewinding that tape over and over. Somehow, I, my spirit, you know, the spirit of God within me just picked up for me that this was essential information. And let me just give you a very simple illustration so we can see how this how this could work in your life. So personally, I like to run. And often while I'm running, I experience pain in various parts of my body. And I know that's not uncommon for runners, right? But just like Jesus told us to speak to the mountain, I'll speak directly to the pain. Pain in my knee. I command you in Jesus' name to get off me right now. Knee. I command you and, you know, I'll I'll touch my knee, right? Lay hands. I'll touch my knee. Knee. I command you in Jesus' name to be healed right this second. Okay, so I've released my faith. I've, I'm, I'm, I've released my prayer. So what happens next? Well, you maybe you've been there. I still feel the pain. It still hurts. I'm still thinking about it. And at that moment, I can think, man, it didn't work. Or I can stand in the faith that it did work, even though I don't feel it yet. You see, that's the decision you must make. You must decide that it worked. But why do I believe that it worked? How can I make such a decision? Even when my knee is still throbbing after I've prayed, how can I say, nope, nope, I got it. It worked. It's mine. You see, I can decide that it worked because I am doing what the Bible told me to do. I am taking my biblical authority over pain just like Jesus taught me to do. And so because I am operating how God taught me to operate, I know that it worked. It worked not once, not twice, not sometimes, not maybe, not when it's God's divine will that my knee's going to feel a little better on this particular run. No, when I'm doing what the Bible says to do, it works every single time, every time. And so I can be in faith because I trust the word of God. Let God be true, though every man be a liar even though my knee is lying to me about whether it worked or not. No, God is true. The word works when you work it. So what do I do? Nope, nope. I don't care what you feel like knee. I prayed, you're healed. It's done. So then you just have to let your mind move on. I decide that it's done even when it hurts. Now I'm in faith. Now I'm operating in belief before I can perceive with my natural senses. And sure enough, the pain goes. And I don't mean that I just stop thinking about it. I don't mean I just tough it out. I mean, the pain literally leaves. And, and you know, running may not be the best example because, you know, if you're a runner, you know, pains come, go, things like that. But you can start applying that to every area in your life. You know, sometimes maybe you need to deal with your kid, but you don't feel great. I mean, that's that's tough when you're a parent, right? You're sick, you're down and out. Uh, maybe you ate something, didn't agree with you, whatever, but you got to go deal with your kid, right? So you command that feeling off of you in Jesus' name. You command your body to be restored in the name of Jesus by the power of God. And you still don't feel great, right? You still don't feel like getting up and doing what's right. But you just, you believe that you received, you get up, you go about your business, and then that thing lifts. That thing just goes. This is how we need to stop start operating. Now, let me give you another example. And maybe this one's a touch more complicated, but maybe it's better than my running example. The other day, this is real life, just I think about two weeks ago, my nine-year-old daughter was having a hard day for seemingly no reason. I just couldn't understand it. And really, I felt like it was a spiritual issue that for whatever reason, she was just being attacked by jealousy or anger and negativity and just other negative spiritual things. And, and so, you know what I did? I just said, you know what? I'm gonna, I started speaking to those things and commanding those things in Jesus' name to get off her. You negative spirit, get off my daughter right now in Jesus' name. And we were, we were about to go in the food store as I prayed this. And we prob, I probably looked weird to the people in the parking lot, but you know, you just have to get over that. Anyway, after I prayed, so I, I can remember we're standing behind the car. I prayed that over her. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and he just reminded me, Pistis, remember, you've got it. Now just chill out. Just stay in faith. Stay in faith. It's done. Okay. 
So at that point, because I was upset with her, you know, and I was upset about the situation. It hadn't been a good day, but I had, I had used my faith. I'd done what I needed to do according to the word of God. Now I'm going to shut my mouth for a little while. Because when you start standing in faith, the supernatural power of God and the angels go to work for you. So I shut up. I stopped talking and we went on, uh, we went inside. She didn't really say anything. And we did our food shopping, you know, not that long, but we just pretty much we were in silence, you know. And when I got home, we, we got home, we walked in the front door and she really was, was being very quiet for her. But I sensed from the Holy Spirit an opening to speak to her, just to logically speak to her about her attitude and why it didn't make sense. You know, and she didn't jump into my arms. Oh, daddy, I love you. Daddy, I'm sorry. That's not really her style anyway. But she did listen. Okay, I made my points and she agreed to chill out. And the rest of the day went without a single problem. And we had a great night in the activities that were planned. And that was kind of a big reason I was concerned about her attitude anyway. So I had a problem in my life. I took my biblical authority in the name of Jesus and I spoke to that problem. Then I stood in faith. And over a period of maybe 30 to 45 minutes, before I saw anything in the natural, before anything had really happened, the the power of God worked in my daughter's life to open her heart, to to change what was going on in her life. And so then I could speak truth into her life and we could resolve the situation. But the key for me in that moment was God told me by the Holy Spirit, okay, okay, remember what I've taught you. You've prayed, now shut up. And I'll go to work. Maybe he didn't say it exactly like that, but that's how my brain got it. You know, I've prayed. Now I need to stand in faith and this is going to work because I'm doing what God told me to do. You know, for too long, we've thought that God answers our prayers with no or wait or, you know, maybe he wasn't listening, whatever. Or we didn't pray quite right. But really, the problem is our lack of biblical faith concerning God's answer. We think God said no or wait when really he said yes every time. But he, but we didn't stand in pistis. We didn't stand in biblical faith and expect it to show up. We weren't convinced that it was already done. We were hoping it would happen. And that would determine how God answered our prayer. You know, what showed up in the natural would determine the answer, but that's not true at all. You see, the word of God determines the answer. Yes and amen. Look at 1 John 5 verses 14 to 15 that really, really emphasize this. Listen to this powerful verse. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask to him. That verse is pretty clear, my friends. If you ask God for something according to his will, the answer is yes, every single time. One major problem is we don't know God's will. Hopefully you're listening to my podcast and it's getting cleared up for you. Healing's always God's will. Financial prosperity, prosperity is always God's will. All of God's biblical promises for your life are always his will. All we need to do is ask, but we must ask in faith. Again, without faith, nothing will manifest in the physical realm in our lives. Look at James 1, 5 through 8 to really emphasize that point. James 1, 5 through 8, I quote, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and abrades not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in pistis, let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering, for he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double man, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Who, that's the end of the quote. Who is the double-minded man? A man that asks God for something but doesn't have faith that it's done or that God will provide the wisdom. If you do not ask in faith, why? Why are you double-minded when you are not asking in faith? This is very powerful. If I ask, but I'm not in faith, then it's a maybe. Maybe God will give me the wisdom. Maybe he won't. That's double-minded. But when I ask 
in faith, knowing that the answer is yes, knowing that it's done, knowing that it's mine, knowing that God's going to send me that wisdom, now I'm no longer double-minded. Asking without faith, double-minded. Asking in faith, single-minded. That's what James is telling us right here, what God is telling us through the book of James. That's how you need to be praying. It also, just to mention this, right, that passage also tells us that wisdom for every situation in our lives is always God's will. God wants you to have wisdom. You must ask for it in faith. So you ask for wisdom over your situation. You believe that you immediately receive it. You don't know exactly what it is yet. It hasn't hit you just yet, but you believe that you receive. You're standing in faith. Give it time. Know that it's done. Remember, faith is the title deed. You have ownership of this wisdom. It will come. It will show up. It will hit you. But if you don't ask in faith, you're not going to get it. This is how we need to operate, especially in the area of divine healing. Excuse me one second. Just because the healing doesn't manifest instantly in the physical realm doesn't mean that it didn't work or that God doesn't want you healed. You just need to stand in the place of faith that it's done. We know it's God's will. We know the answer is yes. We know from what we've studied over the past few weeks that that healing power has been fully and completely released to you. It's God's will every single time, and that power's right there. But we have to stand in faith. You know that it's done. You know that it's yours because you are doing exactly what the Bible said to do, and you are praying in perfect alignment with God's will. That's how you move your mind over to faith, over to pistis. As for your body, this is maybe just a little bit of practical advice. Start moving in the direction of healing. You know, keep running. Start walking. Get up. Go to work. Raise your arms and worship God. Start working to do what you couldn't do. Now, now look, I don't love, you know, sometimes you'll go to these healing meetings and people say, check it. I don't love the word check it. Because check it suggests I'm going to see if it worked. Now that's dragging me into the natural realm to make the decision as to whether I'm healed. No, no, that's not right. No, I'm healed because the word of God says, by Jesus stripes I was healed. I'm healed because the word of God says the elders can anoint me with oil and pray the prayer of faith and and that'll heal the sick. So no, I did what the Bible said to do and I'm healed, right? So I'm not checking anything. What I am doing is I am starting to move my body to cooperate with my healing. I'm moving my body because now my, my body... You know, arm in Jesus' name, you start, you start, uh, moving correctly. Leg in Jesus' name, you start moving correctly. Back, you know, you start turning. Neck, start turning, moving correctly. Cause by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. You start speaking to your body and moving in line with your healing. And look, I get it. That can be hard. That can be tricky. You know, I mean, obviously you don't want to go crazy. You don't want to do dumb things, right? Like, like a really good friend of mine, we prayed for his back and man, he's seeing powerful manifestation of God's healing power at work in his back, getting stronger all the time. But then he called me the other day and he was picked, he, he had to go get some paint and he's like, you know, my back's doing so good. I don't want to pick up that, you know, it's like, he, first of all, he's an older gentleman and, you know, the five gallon paint bucket is like 60 pounds or whatever it is, right? To me, that sounded like perfect wisdom, right? You, you, you've had multiple back surgeries. Now you're finally getting supernatural deliverance from pain. To me, it sounds like wisdom not to pick up a 60 pound paint bucket. You know, I've had back issues too. And the Lord, the Lord spoke to my heart one day. He said, look, Byron, you can pray until you're blue in the face. But if you sit in that chair for eight hours a day practicing law, you know, you never stretch, uh, stretch, you never get up, you never move. You're going to have issues. So there's a natural component to walking out and operating with the healing power of God. So we pray, we lay hands, we stand in faith, we stand in pistis, and then we start moving. We let the Spirit of God lead us and guide us in how we're supposed to cooperate with the healing power of God that's working in our bodies. But look, just, just, I want to keep hitting on this idea of the connection between pistis, biblical faith, and healing. And I want to do that by looking at some of statement of, excuse me, Jesus' statements on faith 
in connection with his healing miracles. Look at Matthew 9.22, when the woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus' garment and received her healing. Jesus said, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. Matthew 9.29, when Jesus healed the two blind men, he says, according to your faith, be it unto you. Matthew 5.28, when Jesus freed the woman's demon-possessed daughter. O woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you, even as you will. Mark 10.52, when Jesus healed the blind beggar. Go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Luke 7.9, when Jesus healed the centurion's servant. I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Luke 17.9, when Jesus healed the leper. Arise, go your way, your faith has made you whole. You see, these verses show the amazing link between faith and healing. Where is your faith? Do you have true biblical faith for your healing? Faith was involved in every healing miracle in the Bible. Sometimes it was the person's faith. Sometimes it was a parent or friend who had the faith for Jesus to heal someone else. But faith was always involved. They all had pistis. They all were convinced that when Jesus released his healing power into their bodies, they would be healed. But let me point out a key distinction here. I'm just going to say that last sentence here because I I got a text. I didn't want to interrupt it. Those people all had biblical faith. They were completely convinced that when Jesus released his healing power into their bodies through, through a touch, through a word, through whatever that they would be healed. But see, let me point out a key distinction here. Those people all believed that Jesus would personally do something for their healing right then and there. They came to him in faith and believed that his words, his touch, his power would heal them. But see, we must believe differently. Jesus is not here with us in the natural as he was then. So we must make adjustments based on the word of God. Jesus no longer walks the earth as he did 2,000 years ago, but we can still access God's healing power. Those people had faith in what Jesus would do for them. And just just bear with me, because this is actually really important. When those people in the Bible came to Jesus for healing, they had faith in what Jesus would do for them. Okay, They approached Jesus expecting him to do something to heal them. We, 2,000 some odd years later, must have faith in what Jesus has already done. We can also have faith in God's word, which tells us how to access God's healing power. You see, we don't have Jesus that we can go to and stand in his healing line, but we have other equally valid methods of receiving the healing power of God. And you see, I agree in some ways it would still be nice, you know, if he was around, Right. But it's actually so much better for the world now because now his healing power is everywhere in the body of Christ. It's in you, my brother or sister Christian. It's in me. It's in all of us. And innumerable people around the world can receive healing now through the church. But so remember, those people back then went to Jesus for him to do something. We must operate in a different way to receive the healing power of God. They had faith in what Jesus was going to do. We must have faith in what the word of God says will work to receive divine healing. And we will discuss those different ways to receive God's healing power in detail next week. But I want to point them out briefly now. So, you see, we could go see a church elder for prayer according to James chapter 5. That has as much power as if Jesus himself laid hands on you. I, man, wow, what a radical statement. I'm going to say it again. If you go in faith for a church elder to lay hands on you or anoint you with oil and pray the prayer of faith, and you do that according to James chapter 5, there is as much power in that as if Jesus personally laid hands on you. That's that's the truth. We could have a fellow Christian. doesn't have to be an elder. A fellow Christian could lay hands on us and we could be healed. According to Mark 16, I could go to my wife in faith, according to Mark 16, and receive the exact same measure of healing power 
as as if Jesus himself laid hands on me. Buddy, that's a revelation. I can feel it. That's powerful. We could command the sickness, disease, or unclean spirits to be removed for ourselves or those in our lives, according to Luke chapter 9. You know, you know, look, I'm not... I'm not trying to blow myself up. Everything I say that applies to me applies to every single Christian, every single Christian. I love that reality. I love that we all have the same access to God. We all have the same power. But let me just say something that's going to blow your mind. When I lay hands on myself for pain in my knee or wherever to go, the exact same measure of power of God for healing that would go out of Jesus if he laid hands on me, that same measure goes out of my spirit. Because it's the spirit of Christ that dwells in me. The same measure of God's healing power dwells in me that dwelled in Jesus. And and look, I know, but but biblically, I, I can stand on the word of God and prove that to you all day. How did Peter have healing meetings where every single sickness and disease got healed? It's because the same measure of healing power was operating in. How did Paul on the island of Malta have a healing meeting where every single person on the island got healed? It's because the same measure of power that was in Jesus was now in Paul. Why not because of Paul, but because of Paul's relationship with Jesus and because the same spirit of God is operating through Paul that operated through Jesus in that healing ministry. That's powerful. That is the truth. You know, and also, now look, this is a longer conversation for another day, but in the same way we can stand in faith for those other things, we can stand in faith that God will give doctors the wisdom, the treatment plan, the medicine that you need, and then also put our faith on that medicine doing what it was designed to do, or at least what you want it to do in your body. That's how you can really work with doctors and medicine. You gotta, you gotta work with them in combination with the power of God and with your faith. We'll get into that. You see, all of these methods are fine if you use faith with them. Faith is the common requirement to all methods of divine healing. If you have an elder pray for you and then just wait to see if it worked, that's not faith. If you go to a healing evangelist, but then you continue doing everything you did before they prayed for you, that's not faith. If you take the doctor's treatment plan, but then you're all worried, you know, you're, you're constantly checking your results or whatever, you know, that's not faith. You're not operating in faith. Faith is rest. Faith is conviction. Faith is persuasion that it's done. After you do what the Bible says to access divine healing, you stand in faith that you're healed, that it worked, that it's done. And look, this is actually another piece of good news. I'm not saying you have to have absolute, rock-solid, perfect faith to receive divine healing. This is a long, song, longer subject, but Jesus knows that we can have both faith and unbelief operating at the same time. Jesus knows that the devil in the natural world will attack our minds with fear and doubt constantly. Thank God, Jesus said that to move a mountain, we only need faith as a grain of a mustard seed. That's Matthew 17, 20. So maybe you're struggling with doubt or unbelief, but continue using your faith. Stand in faith. And remember, you know, there's a verse that says, you know, we cast down every thought, every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You take authority over every single thought of sickness, every single temptation to, that says, oh, you know, it didn't work or, oh, I'm not healed. You command that unbelief to go. You command those thoughts to go. You worship God. You pray in the spirit. You keep your mind in the place of faith. You know, the thoughts of fear and doubt will come. That's just the world we live in. When my wife was in her healing journey from cancer, it seemed like we couldn't turn on the television without, you know, a character dying of cancer or the latest cancer drug showing up on the TV. You know, the worst was we would get these phone calls from the insurance company telling us about how the end of life care was included in our insurance plan. I mean, oh my gosh, it makes me want to throw up just thinking about it. But, you know, we didn't call them back, obviously. The natural order is going to war against your faith. It's going to war against your pistis, against your conviction that, no, it's done. You're healed. You got to just be ready for that. They're not going to understand when you say, look, by Jesus stripes, I believe. Look, I can tell you, we had a lot of moments 
or I just had to decide that these people were going to hear my faith and I don't care what they what they think or not. And the way I say, I say, well, you know, doctor, we believe that by Jesus stripes we're healed. That's kind of how I did it. You know, thank God by Jesus stripes we're healed. We believe that we're healed. We believe that it's already done. We believe that we'll never be back here. You, Even when the test results don't show it, even when they're saying you're going to be on chemo for the rest of your life, even when they're saying that, you know, you only have, you know, X number of years to live. No, by Jesus stripes, I was healed. Well, long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. You know, you just got to be willing to be uncomfortable. All right, you got to be willing to say something that's going to sound a little awkward, that doesn't compute with the natural order, because this is faith. Faith is voice activated. I guess that's a longer teaching, but, you know, you got you to get it in your mouth. That's the way, that's the, the reality. By Jesus stripes, I was healed. Our role is to stay in the place of faith. We pray, we believe that it's done, and we stay in faith. That's how we operate in pistis. That's how we see mountains move. That's how we see faith manifest. That's how we believe. That's how we patho. That's what Jesus is talking about when he says believe. That's how we have faith. Faith is the door opening for the power of God for manifestation in your physical life. Pistis creates an unbreakable bond between your physical reality and the power of God or the promise of God. Stay in faith. It will manifest. You know, I like to worship when I'm trying to keep myself in the place of faith. I like to worship and pray in tongues. And both of those activities keep my mind focused on God and out of the natural. And they keep me in the place of faith. And look, if you just heard me say praying tongues and you got turned off or think I'm a weirdo, don't worry about it. The church world's been largely deceived about that too. But praying in tongues is a very powerful way to war over the promises of God and do battle in the spiritual realm. And I'll talk more about that in the future. Look, Luke 18.8, Jesus said, nevertheless, talking about himself, nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Jesus is looking for faith. Where is your pistis? That is the key. It will work. According to your pistis, you will receive. According to your faith, it will be done for you. Where are you putting your faith if you're putting it at all? And if you haven't been using faith like this, it's time to start. Without pistis, it's impossible to receive from God. Without pistis, you are double-minded. And I'm not trying to be hard on you. I'm trying to help you inherit the promises. Do you have pistis in your doctor's treatment plan? Okay. Okay. Praise God. Pray. Stay in faith. and Listen for God in case you need to do anything. You know, my wife and I, we had to go to one doctor for this, another doctor for that. The Lord told us to make changes, do this, not that. This is right. This is wrong. You know, that's, I think, the complicated part about, you know, involving doctors, which you didn't really understand. Yeah, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But you need to be listening. You need to be tuned in. I mean, we we really saw Supernatural, and I'll talk about that next time. But that's okay. You can use faith with doctors. But listen, do you have faith that when the healing evangelist laid hands on you, you were healed? Yes. Amen. Wonderful. Now you keep worshiping. You keep praising God that it's done, that it's healed. You keep moving and living in line with your faith that you're healed. And that manifestation will come in. Listen, listen to God. Remember what Mary told the servants at the wedding? Most One of the most powerful verses in the whole Bible. Whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. That is one of the key rules when you're operating in faith. You're standing in faith, but the Lord is going to bring you directions. Mary stood in faith that Jesus was going to get that wine over to the wedding. And then the directions came. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Take the washing pots, fill them with water, bring it to the governor of the feast. Boom. Uh, the vintage of heaven showed up. All right. The vintage of heaven is going to show up in your body as you stand in faith for the healing power of God to manifest. And look, I just, you know, we're, we're wrapping it up here to, you know, and I just, I just want to give you one final example of this faith, of this pistis, because, because it is not natural. It does take time to move you over 
and to start thinking this way. And like I told you, you know, my life is changing, you know, one prayer at a time. And I learned this stuff, you know, 15 years ago, but just recently when we got back into the healing word really hard, I did this Greek word study on, on faith and believe and pistis and all this. And it just fired me up again. And man, is it working in my life? Man, is it, am I starting to see prayers answered? Praise the Lord. But look, so here, I had just learned about this and uh, a few months later, it was February of 2006, and I was living in Atlanta. So I had purchased an engagement ring to propose to my wife, and and it was supposed to arrive by UPS on that morning, and we were going to North Carolina that afternoon, and and I was going to propose in North Carolina. So you know, I'm supposed to get the ring that morning, and then we're driving off. She was still working. I was in law school. So... Uh, I'm sitting there at my apartment in Atlanta and the UPS guy shows up and I go, Hey, you got my package. And he says, he says, yeah, actually I'm supposed to have your package, but I don't know. I don't have it. And I don't know where it is. Well, this is my diamond ring for my wife. I was freaking out. Right. So I made some calls to the sender and the UPS. I tried to drive places, but you know, you can't get anybody on the phone. I mean, it went nowhere, but you know, so what I did was I said, you know what? I know I've learned now how this faith stuff works and I'm going to, I'm going to start using it. So I prayed that God would get me that ring before we were supposed to leave before that afternoon. I prayed that, you know, I didn't really care how I got there, that one of those messages would get through, that somebody would do something, that my ring, even though UPS had come and gone, that my ring would show up that day. And of course, I was young. I was new at this. My mind's still going in a thousand directions. Your mind, you know, your mind says, keep calling UPS, keep calling the sender, get on the phone, do what you can do. But I said, you know what? I'm going to cast the care on the Lord. And I turned that worship music up real loud in my apartment. People probably thought I was nuts. But uh, I just started worshiping God, that it was already done, that that ring was already there, that it was a done deal. And sure enough, that UPS guy, actually, it was a little bit later, the sender calls me. Hey, hey, you got to be home. I was because I had gone to school at that by then. Hey, you got to get home. That UPS guy's coming back. So I left the middle of class in law school. You know, teacher probably didn't love that. I raced home. Driver shows up. He says, he says to me, man, I don't know who you are, but I have never, as long as I've worked for UPS, I have never left the shop on a dedicated single package run like this before. And, you know, I don't know anything about UPS or how they do things, but my faith produced a miracle that day. I mean, out of out of the driver's own mouth, that was a miracle that they that God ordered UPS to send a single driver with, with a single package to me. And, you know, it was hard to stay in the place of faith. But I by worship and prayer and doing those things, I kept my mind in the place of faith that it was done, that it was already mine. And sure enough, it produced, you know. Pistis is a master key to seeing the promises of God and your prayers answered, you know, showing up in your life. It's a master key to seeing healing manifest in your body. You need to change the way you think about faith and belief so they line up with the biblical words pistis and pisteo. Every time you pray now, look, 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 this is no exaggeration. Every time you pray. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, okay, obviously sometimes you're praying, oh, God, should I take this job? God, what do I do here? What do I do there? What about wisdom? But I'm talking about when you pray, you know, a specific thing, you know, for a healing, for a manifestation, for uh, a specific answer, for something like that. When you pray, you believe that it's done that instant. Thank you, Father. I know that it's done. I take it in Jesus' name. I believe I receive in Jesus' name. I know that it's done. I cast my care on you and I glorify you that it's done. That's the way we need to start operating in prayer now every single time. I pray and I know that it's done because I prayed according to God's will. He heard me and the answer is yes every time. You have to decide that you've got it. Decide that you're persuaded. Take every thought captive. Command every piece of doubt or unbelief to go. 
And then remember what we said, this whole system, right? Romans chapter four, the whole grace and faith system. Everything God does for us is because of his grace, his love. And he's given us the faith system to make sure that nothing stands in our way of receiving these promises. The whole system is designed so that nothing can keep these promises from you. The moment you start operating in faith, the moment you pray a prayer and then move into faith, move into pistis, the power of God and the angels is activated on your behalf to bring that thing into the natural realm. That's the biblical truth. That's a fact. That's a reality. That'll change your life. You see, now that we understand true biblical faith, we can move on next week to how to see healing manifest in our bodies and the bodies of others. You just take what we've talked about today. That's going to really, really go a long way. But next time we're going to look at, you know, prayer from another, prayer from an angel, excuse me, an elder, uh, praying for yourself, working with doctors. We'll talk about that in detail next week. But the absence of true biblical faith is, I believe, the main reason people asking God for healing don't see it manifest. They're not operating in biblical faith, which Jesus tells us is the requirement. But now that we understand this, we're going to see God's healing will manifest every single time. Why? That's exactly what God's word says that God wants. God wants to see his healing power manifest every single time. And that's where we're going. God bless you. And don't let me, don't hesitate to let me know if we can pray for you. Uh, See you next time. Love you.